0: This podcast is for parents like you, navigating the world of neurodiversity with love and compassion. I'm a neurodivergent mother of three amazing neurodivergent children and a board-certified music therapist. Our mission is to create a supportive space where you feel understood, connected, and inspired. With practical tips, strategies, and resources, we'll help you and your child thrive in your unique way. Join us as we dive deep into the diverse world of neurodivergent individuals, exploring topics like ADHD, autism, dyslexia, sensory processing challenges, and more. We'll cover it all to empower, educate, and uplift both neurodivergent individuals and those who walk alongside them. Together, we'll create a world where every brain is valued and celebrated. We're excited to embark on this enlightening journey with you. We are your hosts, Samantha Foote and Lauren Ross, and this is the Every Brain is Different podcast. Welcome to the Every Brain is Different podcast. We're here with Michelle Steiner. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Samantha. I certainly appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, Will you please introduce yourself and tell us how you were involved in the neurodivergent community?
1: Sure. Well, my name is Michelle Steiner. I live in Pennsylvania with my husband and our two cats, Jack and Sparrow. I am a disability writer, photographer, and speaker, and I'm also a paraeducator in a school, and I'm in the neurodivergent community because I have a learning disability. I have dyscalculia, uh, limited hand dexterity, and visual perception issues.
0: Yeah, so that's what um, we talked a little bit before about the mini episode Mm -hmm. about that. So can you tell us a little more? I know you have a blog. Um, Can you tell us
1: about that? Sure. I have a blog called Michelle's Mission. I've had one for a couple of years, but I just, a few months ago, I decided to uh, go with another blog. I uh, put on my blog uh, information about learning disabilities and photography, where I uh, oftentimes, because I can't drive, I'll take pictures of uh places that I get that chance to see and bring out details that other people might miss from that because I'm in the passenger seat and I also have a little store on my blog that people can purchase my artwork and I even have a forum for uh, people with disabilities to be able to connect and uh, be able to speak with each other oh I love that
0: tell us more about the forum like what can people expect when they go there
1: Yes. The forum, I either have a question, usually like for the month of July, it was about disability pride. So it was one, what does disability pride mean to you? And uh, the in August, I had was on traveling with a disability. So I had people put in things about their favorite trip or their traveling ideas. And I even took uh, my first solo trip on an airplane by myself, Uh, This summer, so I wrote a little bit about that and some of the programs that are offered. And this for September, it is back to school theme. So I'm posting some questions about school and uh, just trying to give people that chance to connect with each other and to uh, be uh, just have that source for them. Yeah. I love
0: that. I love that you have a place where people can go and connect with each other um, because that's all what we're looking for, right? Just to belong and just to connect with each other. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about traveling on the plane? I don't know any of the accommodations that are available and I'm sure other people would love to know.
1: Sure. That is, yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I got a sunflower badge. Uh, there's a program called the Hidden Sunflower. And it is to bring attention to people that have hidden disabilities. And I also used a flight ambassador on my flight uh, from to my destination. And my travel ambassador, uh, she met me and my husband at uh, right at the beginning, and they helped me get, she helped me get go through security. And uh, just navigating the airport because I'm not very familiar with that. And uh, she even helped me get uh, on one of the pre-boarding things with uh, TSA. That was one of the, or not TSA, with the airline. I was able to use that with having uh, the sunflower badge on. And when you have that, the second time around, I was able to get in with the pre-boarding for people that are in wheelchairs. And that gave me that chance to go there and pick my seat before everybody else did. And this is really important that people know about that. There was a woman uh, that was going to the Down syndrome conference that I was attending and she had a son with Down syndrome and she didn't know about that. And I didn't see this happening on the plane, but nobody would give up their seat and she didn't have free boarding. And once we told her all about that, she, was some, she contacted the airline and she was in line with me to go home <laughs> in the pre-boarding line. So that was one of the things they offer. Uh, they also offer uh, somebody to help for people that are in wheelchairs, like wheelchair assistance uh, for that. So there, there are services that, that, that are out there.
0: Yeah. Do you just contact the airline um, and it differs by airline or are they all the same or do you know?
1: you can contact the airline that might be slightly different depending on their policies, but it's also really helpful if you go on to the website of the airports that you'll be traveling to and just seeing what disability services that they offer. Because some of them, the Pittsburgh International offered the Hidden Sunflower Program, and so did Orlando International, but uh, Orlando didn't have the Flight Ambassador. So I was my own pretty much after (laughs) for that but I was able to do it because I had uh, a lot of uh, support and things like that yeah that's
0: great I had no idea that they had that that is so awesome I knew that they had it for like physical disabilities and Mm -hmm. then you know like for autism and stuff for kids but right I just like the new stuff that I just found out about. That's so great. (laughs) So that was kind of a tangent, not really what we came here to talk about today, but, um, so tell us about your school experience growing up with this disability. I know it's kind of different. You we've talked before and it's kind of different than like, I don't want to say like the typical disabilities that we see in school, but you had kind of a different path. So can you tell us about that?
1: Sure. I was diagnosed with a learning disability when I started out in kindergarten. And right away, my teacher could start to see that I was having trouble with math. That was always the big thing in visual perception and eye-hand coordination. And she had me tested for uh, uh, for having a learning disability. And sure enough, that's what I had. And at that time, it was an umbrella term. It wasn't, uh, you know, they didn't give a specific diagnosis. And I had to repeat kindergarten. And a new school the following year after they found out I had a disability. And I had to also receive specialty services. And I think I had a really unusual time that year. I would begin my mornings with the first grade class, sort of like a homeroom. Then I would go to uh, learning support. And then I would eat lunch with my first grade class and have kindergarten in the afternoon with the kindergartners. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> School picture day was rather interesting that year. I had two pictures in the yearbook, and the poor photographer—I don't know—I think he was pretty confused. And the kids, whenever we got the yearbook back, they didn't understand why I was in two different classes. And the following year, I went into first grade, and I had uh, learning support on on top of that, and it was really difficult for me as a young child. I can just remember being really frustrated. I just wanted to learn like my peers did, and I wanted to be able to make friends, and both of those things were really hard for me, and the bullying started pretty young when I was little. Uh, it was more at that age, okay, we don't want you to be our friend, or you're not going to our birthday party, but that got worse as I got older. Uh, academically, school began to get a lot easier the further along I went. I can remember we, they found out I was really good with reading. So I was uh, in regular ed, science, uh, social studies, and in a reading class eventually. And by the time I was in ninth grade, I was in all regular ed classes except for math and for a resource room. So that's that. Those were the you know those years were really tough. Yeah. Uh, but I think that one of the hardest things too was a lot of people tried to limit me. I had a learning support teacher who didn't think that I could go to college because of my disability. She said, well, why don't we send you to vocational school? And nothing there really interested me. And if it wasn't for uh, a student teacher, I don't know how far I would have I went. She told me, you can, you can go to college. You can do this because you know how to study. And sometimes that was the voice that I heard um, whenever things got really hard at, at school. Yeah.
0: So you did go to college. Um before we get to that, though, I want to ask about the uh-huh. bullying situation. Um, so I know a lot of kids, like my kids, have been bullied, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of kids with disabilities get bullied. How would you recommend, what would you recommend to parents of how to handle that and how to talk to your child about bullying?
1: I think what really helped me, especially when I got older was I began to hang out with peers that went to a different school and were involved in a program, uh, that it was an art program and that helped me because I could shed that reputation. But I think a lot of times it's, uh, trying to find ways for the child of how to deal with the situation. I would, sometimes if I have students that are going through a lot of this, uh, I try to get them to be able to think of ways that they can handle that without giving the bully that satisfaction, but also address some of that, that that isn't very nice. I can remember I had a student that I was working with and she was getting picked on at her lunch table and she didn't know what to do. So I said, well, we can go down and report that. But what I'd like to see that you might want to go try out some different lunch, t- lunch tables, but don't, don't tell them about it. And if they ask you just say, Hey, I'm trying out some different tables. And that seemed to work for her because she eventually found her friends and a place to be able to, to be able to belong to. Um, yeah, I, that is really hard. I, I, yeah, you just feel for a lot of people. that yeah. They go through that.
0: Yeah. So uh, thank you. I just, um, I know it's a hard situation. Like as mm-hmm. a parent, I don't know what to do. And so I appreciate your just some strategies that you just shared. So back to college, because <laughs> you went there. <laughs> um, how was it like when you were in college, like what accommodations did you have? How how just how was your experience?
1: I uh, my experience with college was really difficult in the beginning. I, had, I still ran into people that would try to limit me. I had a psychiatrist when I had to get tested for a learning disability again that told me, you're most likely not going to go beyond community college. And when I got there, I had a professor that told me I was going to have limited job choices. And I was also told that a lot of people viewed accommodations such as a note taker and extended test time as cheating and giving me an unfair advantage and i didn't use them and boy i wish i really i i did from the beginning because my grades really dropped when i didn't use them and the same people that told me i wasn't i what i shouldn't be using them were telling me you need to try harder and eventually i had a professor i was in a class that i was struggling with and she said why don't we at least get you extended test time? So once I got the extended test time, I was able to pass her class. I didn't do well. (laughs) And I used accommodations for a lot of my other classes. And I was able to graduate with an associate's degree in early childhood education. I was able to move out on my own, but I always wanted more for myself. And I had that opportunity to be able to go back to university when I had to move back in with my parents for financial reasons. And I thought, this is my job is downsizing. This is the time to try to go back. And I found a program that interested me. And I used uh, the uh, services of having a note taker, extended test time, and tutoring. And most importantly, I advocated for myself. I would go up to a professor if they were new and uh, introduce myself and say that I had a learning disability, and these are the uh, accommodations that I would need to be in their class. And using those services made all the difference. I My grades improved. I made dean's list for a semester. And I was able to graduate with a bachelor's degree despite being told I couldn't do it. I love that.
0: You just like persevered even when people are telling you that you can't do it. It's so awesome. <laughs> and I'm glad that you used the accommodations and you're able to succeed in that area. It's
2: nice it's that true. you also had people who are willing to like fight for you and encouraging you and 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 having that, you know, so that you can grow and have that growth. And I think a lot of times people just see the the weaknesses and like put a stop, like, okay, well, you have this weakness, so we can't move further, instead of building off of their strengths and what motivates you and helping you move forward. So I'm glad that Thank- you're able to accomplish that.
1: Exactly. If I have the accommodations and I have a program that doesn't involve a lot of math or a lot of science, then I can do a lot, (laughs) a lot more than if it's something that uh, I'm not able to do. And I I just find that having uh, things that dwelling on what I can't do is never something that really helps me. But if I uh, go and I focus on what I can do, then that empowers me.
0: Yeah, I love that. We are probably going to make that a one-liner on Instagram. So (laughs) um, how would you, I keep saying how, but what would you tell parents whose child is maybe at that age where they're thinking about going to university and how would they prepare them to go and advocate for themselves and not not be worried about using the accommodations and just embracing them?
1: The first thing I would tell a parent is to really work with their child on something they love to do, whether that's university or whether that may be a technical school, or whatever, but the, the person has to find, has to have a passion for what they are doing. So I think that's important. But I also think it's important that parents go in and give them the information. Um, just if this is a wise choice to make or what other options might be available too. I mean, to just kind of go in with the open eyes on what the options are and definitely uh, go in with finding a school that offers accommodations. And I think it's just very important to, to tell students or, or rather to encourage them to use those services. And there's always going to be people that are going to think that they are cheating or that's not fair, but it's more uh, beneficial for the person with the disability to focus on the on what they can do and what is going to help them. And I would just encourage them to just explore all those options and see what what is going to work just for that individual child. Yeah, that's great. Um, I was going to ask you
0: how you would tell the parent to tell the child to incorporate the accommodations and what you do when you know you people might be bothered by using those accommodations but i love that you said just focus on yourself just focus Uh on what you're doing and what you need and just get through it that way because
2: yeah that's awesome everyone else's opinion doesn't matter (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah they don't they don't matter if they're gonna be like that you don't need them in your life and they don't matter that's true exactly yep i i agree 100
1: percent and it took a couple years of maturity for me <laughs> to figure that one out.
0: <laughs> it's so hard, though, because it's like <laughs> you just want to be accepted by your peers. You just want to be right. included with them. And so when someone's being like, oh, you're cheating, when really it's just putting you on the same level as someone who doesn't have that disability, then that's hard. I can see how that would be hard. Um, yeah. So what are you doing? Like, what do you do now? I know you have an awesome
1: job. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Sure. I work as a paraeducator in a school and uh, some of my students that I work with have disabilities and some of them just need that little extra uh, support. Uh, It's a new, it's a new uh, position this year. It's uh, working with sixth graders and some new staff. So yeah, we're just in that process of trying to figure out, okay, what is working and what does, uh, what's not. And I, I love working with the students, though, and just getting that chance to go in and make a difference. Uh, in fact, I was in a class that uh, they were doing math yeah. in a science class, and I'm not much help. And I was really feeling kind of discouraged. And I looked over, and there was a boy crying in the room. And I had that chance to go over to him and, and he was struggling with this paper and I got down on eye level with him and I said, it's okay. I said, I just want to let you know that I struggle with math, with my disability, and I know how hard it is. And what I want you to do is I want you to tell me when you're struggling and we'll make sure that we get the teacher over here to help you out and give you the support that you need. And the, the students stopped crying and... He was able, he, you know, for the past couple of days, he's been smiling in, the, in class and being able to do the work. So I think sometimes going in with the disability and that, that gives me that empathy to be able to work with them. And sometimes it presents those opportunities as much as it, it can be really difficult at times, but that's those opportunities just create so many beautiful moments that I can get that to share uh, with them.
0: Yeah, I love that. I was just talking to someone the other day about how um, some of my therapists in my business have autism and then they can relate to the kids that we work with who have autism a lot better. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because the kids, when we say that like I have ADHD, some of my staff mm-hmm. have autism, like they'll be like, yeah, I have autism just like you. And the kid will be like, you are lying to me. You're, uh-huh. That is not true. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't have that. And then we have to, but once they find they- are convinced that they're telling the truth. They're like, Oh, so you did go through what I went through. And it's just a bonding experience. And I just love to see that, that the kid can see, Oh, I can, like, I can be successful. I don't, I'm not going to be bullied forever, you know? Mm-hmm. So just that kind of stuff. I love that you can do that for your students.
1: Oh, yeah. That, that, that is definitely a pleasure to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Last question. Oh, wait, where can people find you?
1: And oh, yes, so you can question. find me at my blog, uh, michellesmission.net. And okay. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram.
0: Um, what uh, what are the handles for Facebook and Instagram? Um, And then last question, what do you do for fun?
1: I love to read. That is definitely something I love to do. And I also like to take walks and take pictures.
0: Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate your
2: time.
1: Well, thank you so much for
2: having me. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope the discussion on neurodiversity has provided you with support, understanding, and inspiration. If you found our podcast valuable, please share it with others who may benefit from our insights and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the follow button and let's keep exploring the fascinating world of neurodiversity. Click the link in our show notes to visit our website for a free download of three tips for a stronger relationship with your child.